0: all right and welcome sparkles
1: hello every it is okay. me okay
0: it is sparkles aka spookles because yeah. you know halloween uh sparkles do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself who are you what is your relationship to refold in the language learning community <laughs>
1: Yeah, sure. I'm I'm Sparkles. I'm a moderator on the Refold JA server, on the Refold EN server, and on Refold Central. I'm mostly active on Refold JA. Not not so much recently. I've taken a little bit of a break from Discord. I'll come back soon. But um, but yeah, I've been. I started studying Japanese technically almost ten years ago in 2014 as a freshman in high school. I started doing immersion right when I graduated high school in late 2018. Um, and and um, I managed to move to Japan with an engineering job. So here's my ID. It's a, this is the character that's in my, um, all my profile pictures and stuff. So I figure I show proof that I am here.
0: Perfect. So yeah, you, your claim to fame as far as i know is that you started learning japanese Mm -hmm. and now you have succeeded you have moved to japan and you're Mm -hmm. working in a japanese environment for a japanese company correct using japanese correct Um, so you you didn't move to japan as like an english teacher or something you moved there to be an i guess an engineer doing engineering in japanese
1: yeah i'm doing software development for a major automobile manufacturer that, you know, the name oh. of, but I'm not going to name specifically. <laughs> okay.
0: I can guess start to start with a T. <laughs> uh, you're close. Uh, okay. Um, so what is it like, uh, working in Japan for those of us who are interested in eventually, you know, moving to Japan and experiencing J life?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know the bit the big stereotype that i think scares a lot of people away is you know the all the infamy around japanese work culture and the amount of the amount of hours they work the amount of um, drinking parties they do and why like, you know is this kind of an image of never being able to go home um, my experience so far is that has not been the deal at all i actually have more time off at this job than i did at my previous job in america um it's there, there's a thing called braka kegel it's you have black companies that do that kind of thing and it, it's like a, there's like a whole problem with it i'm not going to downplay the problem because you know young men enter these companies and then um these companies you know they have a whole thing they go through they'll just like slowly train them into being like their work slaves and just working forever but um it's getting better there's been the government's been passing a lot of laws around that um my company has a work union and it's um and it's been pretty fine um the uh at my company right now in my department the average number of the average amount of overtime that's being worked is 30 hours per month i'm working less than that and they're actually actively trying to reduce that because they want to move the whole culture more to be more like the rest of the world so um if you work for a non-japanese company you probably have a better chance of getting like a no overtime environment but it kind of depends on what you want it's a little different too because um in in America, at least in my previous job, you know, a salary was a salary. You didn't get extra pay for doing overtime unless it was like an extreme situation. They approved it. But um, in Japan, you're legally paid for all of your overtime and you get like 30% more baseline for your off time hours. And um, there's like extra time over that if you work like overnight or if you work a holiday or something. So it's it's been pretty nice. Culture-wise, it's been, a le- it's been a little different. How do I... Man, where do I even start? There, there's so much to talk about that it's, like, difficult to, like, even know where to begin. But, um, yeah, it's it's not proper cubes the same way a lot of American offices has. But it's not like... Like, I've seen, ta- I've seen pictures of, like, open office environments where it's literally just, like, a long table with computers on it. And it's like, here you go, that's a desk. It's like, oh, no. But these are... These are decently large. If that they are in a line and they're not like walled off like cube, cubes are, but they're decently large to have stuff on, thankfully, because I my desk is becoming a growing clump of car electronics and interfaces and computers and servers. And it's I'm glad I have space or I won't be able to do what I do. But um Yeah, well um I I speak Japanese ninety five percent of the time at that company. There are some people from all around the world, so there is occasionally someone who is better in English. I end up using that, but it's it's been pretty nice. You know, I'm enjoying Japan. Do you have any specific questions to help me find another talking? I do. To call hunt? Talking about I do. Family? I was just letting you go because yeah,
0: that was a great little sort of introduction. And to Jap- uh, Japanese working life, and you mentioned like there is one day a week, I think Fridays, where you can't work. Yeah, overtime, right.
1: Yeah, they that's something they did. It's called a taisei. It had it's a one day a week where they actually have a set time where um you where everyone goes home, and it's a no overtime day. So they're you know there's all kinds of it's really interesting, just that culture because in America it's like you got to convince people to do overtime and do more and more hours, but um here it's like they're actively doing things so i try to convince people hey it's okay go home Home. please go home so
0: (laughs) completely yeah you know working for a japanese company i worked as a contractor doing english teaching for a japanese company um one Mm -hmm. of the big uh, conglomerates you've probably heard of them they do um uh, jv they do english teaching they do salon they do pretty much everything gaming um so it's really cool to me because you know when i started working for refold i was like okay very california company take time off take sick days um so it's interesting that your experience working for this uh famous car company has been totally different now when it comes to like learning japanese did you feel that immersion actually prepared you for living and working in japan (laughs)
1: Yeah, it certainly gets you the most important thing, which is being able to communicate with people. Um, Whether or not it got me prepared for the cultural things, it's kind of hard to say, like, yes and no, because it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, most of the cultural things I ended up learning at some point or another. But, you know, it may have been from a YouTube video. It may have been from looking things up. It may have not be, you know, directly from immersion. But immersion, I think, is definitely a part of it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it's, you know, like there's a thing that a lot of Japanese do called Sore, which is where they have like a specific, like morning, like workout, uh, not workout, but like they do like morning stretches and stuff. And sometimes they yell, there's like a whole bunch of like YouTube compilations of the Japanese companies doing weird, like morning things. But uh, my my company doesn't have that. It's they just have a thing on the intercom that plays in the morning that just says, "Everyone, get up! It's time to stretch," and no one does it. But um, okay, yeah, so yeah, things like that, I somehow entered my mind at some point or another. But it's I, I don't know if I can attribute the credit to that directly to our immersion or not. I think at some point it just comes down to having curiosity about the culture that you're interested in. Yeah. And that's what leads you to learning more about it. And of course, through immersion, that often I think makes you have more contact and learn more. But sure. you know, it may not, it's probably not just an immersion thing, but I don't think it's so, something that most people will struggle with either. Yeah, so immersion
0: definitely introduced you to some of the cultural mm-hmm. stuff. Language-wise, how did you feel having to output?
1: Yeah, it's definitely interesting because, um, you know, studying Japanese in America, I only ever heard Japanese through my headphones, you know, or through, like, my car. Common experience. Yeah. And um, I I only heard Japanese before I moved here. I only heard Japanese actually being spoken by a person in front of me. You know like a handful of times like it you know like obviously there was my teacher when i was in university i took three semesters of japanese then but you know that didn't i didn't have a strong japanese level at all coming out of that um and i went to a japan festival once that had a few japanese people going around who were speaking but other than that i probably only had like an hour or two of like genuine like talking speaking japanese to someone in front of me experience before i came here and so um yeah i definitely feel like for me like listening has always been my weakest part like listening is the hardest part of japanese for me you know like listening is even harder than output for me personally sometimes i feel like my outputs like almost outpacing my listening is just like just parsing things like understanding people when there's like a lot of background noise when the volume quality is not great when it's low volume. You know, those are that I struggle a lot with that. And um, yeah, that, that that definitely took some time to get used to. Like I kind of got here getting hit, getting better and better at understanding the people in front of me. So I don't have to ask them to repeat themselves so much understanding sure. like what the, you know, like when, when you get on the train, the conductor like speaks into the mic or on the bus, understanding that or like or even just like going down the street and like you know I can't
0: always understand like conductors on trains or on the bus yeah English.
1: yeah that's true well I don't really I have I read well I've read the train in the English speaking world I can't remember whether I understood them or not but it's not something you do commonly in America For sure. yeah and I definitely I've got some
0: hearing loss so it's not yeah. the easiest thing for me even in my native
1: language yeah I have a I have a little bit too I have a chronic tinnitus problem in my left ear it's always ringing and I have a slight amount of hearing loss in it so that, that that's also a weakness I think potentially okay. maybe my ADHD like weeds to like audio processing problems I'm not sure but for yeah, me there's it's something called more of a sound audio issue.
0: gating sound gating yeah. there's a there's a whole science behind like behind how we hear sound and process it so interesting so you feel like what's harder than output is listening for you
1: yeah for me for sure but it's it's definitely gotten better slowly but surely you know like no matter how much challenge may you may have personally for approaching a language it's just a matter of putting more time in and i think for most people
0: for each activity
1: we can overcome it. It's been three months since I've gotten here. And I already feel like things are so much better. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not struggling anywhere near as much to just understand people day to day. You know, I can for the most part understand the trains and the buses now not perfectly, but both but certainly enough to get any information I need. And, um, and yeah. All
0: right. And When it came to actually like doing your immersion, Mm -hmm. how did you prep yourself for the output? Because that's something I see a lot in the discord servers where people, where they, the, they don't organically start outputting the way that we would have expected two years ago when refold first started, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so how was that for you making that output transition?
1: Were you able to do it
0: organically? Did you have to
1: practice? What happened? It, it took me a while. Because, um, you know, for me, it wasn't just a struggle of the, the learning to output. I have, I have a lot of uh, social anxiety, anxiety problems. And like two years ago, that was particularly bad. And um, for me, I actually had to start with just getting used to talking with people I don't know in English again. That's actually the very reason I started speaking on Refold JA so much, because it was just like... I was at a point where, you know, even just putting a message in a Discord server I've never posted in was something that, like, took courage and I had to, like, build myself up to do. Like, I would, like, at that point, I was I was in a place where, like, I would play Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links and you'd go into a game and you can't talk to each other, but you can do, like, character emotes with each other and, like, there was this one day where I was playing a deck I hadn't do, done before, so I was reading my cards, and like this guy was like trying to rush me by like spamming the emotes, and just that, like that feeling of judgment, like really, really, really like got me for like multiple days. So that that's where I was coming from, and um, you know, so for me it was like a combination struggle of attacking both social anxiety and um output but i wanted to speak i wanted to speak japanese and move to japan so bad that it was just like it was hell but it was something that i just had to work through as for the specifics of what i did you know i i listened to a lot of podcast material there was there's this one kind of podcast called rebuild which is about a um it's a japanese engineer who moved to the u.s and his experience so that's It was a. That's certainly. Yeah, it's like a perfect podcast for me because it's someone speaking Japanese doing the opposite thing, that I did. Um, Counterpart. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And yeah, I I did. I did that, and I just kind of slowly built myself up to talking with people online, finding avenues to do it. What worked for me, pretty well specifically, is just going into like, discourse based around games because in. The japanese speaking world there's a lot of people who go in the discord servers like that and they don't do mic either because you know they don't have one or they live in like a, a small apartment with really thin walls where they can't really speak loudly so they're just muted all the time and they only tend and they only use text so i don't have any i didn't have any problem just jumping into a discord call that way and writing what i was comfortable with and speaking what i was comfortable with and just doing what i could. And, you know, everyone was very, I didn't have any problems with, you know, facing anybody like, you know, like being how to like, like, uh, who didn't want me around because it was just like, huh? why you can't speak Japanese? Well, go away. Like, uh, I didn't have any problem with that. Everyone was very welcoming. Everyone was very nice. Japanese people in general are pretty nice, I think compared to Americans. But um, so yeah,
0: so there's a lot to unpack there it, it seems like on one hand you had um, your own just social mm-hmm. anxiety and that was something to overcome independent of japanese yeah absolutely and then on the other hand um you have the actual act of outputting japanese so i always compare immersion and input as going to a beach and recognizing sandcastles and then output being trying to recreate like a professionally made sand sculpture or sandcastle on your own. Yeah. So I also have social anxiety disorder, I'm diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also have COVID was awful for me because you know, I Uh, got to the point where I was not leaving my apartment at all. And I became like a hermit because of the COVID anxiety and stuff. mm -hmm. Um, But how about the actual act of putting together and screening together Japanese. How was that process for you coming from doing mostly input to where you're starting mm. to output?
1: The process of actually putting Japanese together. For the most part, it's just a matter of um relying on your instincts and having to trust yourself, I think. Cause like it's really easy to just like not, you know, refuse to say anything because you're not you're not hundred percent sure what you're saying is perfect, but most of the time people are going to understand you. And, um, you know, goodness, I'm not, it's difficult to find like specific advice about that. Cause it really, is just a matter of just output more. And when you have a lot of input, you know, when you say something that's really right, you know, and the person you're talking to like understands what you're saying immediately, you know that those are the moments where like you have like that strong positive feedback both from you know your your input level giving you that positive feedback of like that sounds like good japanese that my that just came out of my mouth and also you know the external feedback of like okay they clearly understood exactly what i was trying to say so you know everything i think everything about you know immersion and learning, it it really is just those feedback loops with the with input, you know, the positive feedback is, Oh, I understood what they said, or I understood what mostly what they said, and you keep and you just get more input, you go, go through that way outputs just kind of the same way. I think it's just a matter of doing it. And it's really hard to begin with in the same way that, um, you know, one of the biggest places people try has struggled to get over the hurdle of stage one, when you just don't understand anything yet. And you know, it's, it's discouraging and it's not interesting and it's just hard to get over there's short of this, you, you'll, I think, I think everyone to at least some extent has that same struggle and output where you have that ex- that initial thing to get over, you know, just to get like to the point where you can, uh, you can mostly function and, um, it varies person to person, but you know, you also add on to the fact that like you know, when you fail an input, when you don't understand something, you know, it's just you in your room, it's whatever, but when you're, but an output, there's actually another human being involved and it's, and you know, when you mess up, it's, it's embarrassing and you feel like you're, you know, like you're troubling someone else. So it, it, that definitely adds to the difficulty of the whole thing, but it's just, I don't know. I don't think there's anything to do other than just do they more just of do it, it. try to find way to like, find ways. That seems to be it. the, but that seems to
0: be the common thread that I'm taking from everything mm-hmm. you've said is if you're struggling, just do more of it.
1: Yeah. I guess if you're so. struggling with
0: listening, listen more. If you're struggling with speaking, speak more.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so that seems to be the common thread. Um, yeah. And did you do anything like in your, you know, output? can be done with people. That's Mm -hmm. like the typical sort of way of doing it. But a lot of refolders, even like um, the official like coaching curriculum, we recommend outputting by yourself, you know, like, uh, uh, practicing shadowing and chorusing and practicing, you know, uh, journaling, practicing monologuing. Did you do anything like that? Or did you just jump straight into output Mm -hmm. with uh, like natives?
1: Yeah, I monologued us I monologued with myself every day when I showered, and um, I did a lot of times where I would record myself just speak, just speaking. Most of the time, I didn't listen back to the recording because for me, it was more the point of um, just putting a topic in front of me to speak about and just doing my best to speak about it. And you know, the judgment wasn't whether I was pronouncing it perfectly or anything. It was just the fact that I could speak. And in hindsight, part of me feels like. You know, I don't think it was no gains from that output, but um, I think the largest contribution to that was just like, you know, the confidence it gives you. Cause it's just like, okay, I was a, I put up this topic, I just let myself speak Japanese and I managed to go for like a half hour. So I guess I can speak Japanese. It's just a matter of um, doing that same thing in front of natives and learning to enjoy it, you know? so. And do you enjoy output now? Do you just enjoy having conversations in Japanese? I certainly enjoy talking to my friends. I don't think I was ever the kind of person who just enjoys talking, talking a lot in sake. general. Yeah, just for the sake of it. I t- I enjoy talking to people that I find interesting and that I'm and that I have an affiliation with, like I have an affinity for. So um yeah.
0: Were there any, like, shocks or surprises when it came to outputting face-to-face versus outputting over Discord chats?
1: Uh, There's some small things here and there, just like, you know, just like, greetings that, like, you know, once I experienced in the real world, I felt like I clicked in me in a way I didn't know before. Little things like that. I wouldn't say there was anything super, like, absolutely major. Okay. But...
0: All right, so let's shift gears
1: here, and
0: back on actually getting employed in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell us about that? So, did you need to pass a test uh, for your visa? Uh, how was the whole process of applying for a job?
1: Uh, things like that. So, um, the process. So, the process for me was I got hired. But by- I got hired. They sent me the hiring notice. I accepted. I accepted it. And then they referred me to a lawyer and I messaged the lawyer over email. He gave, sent me a bunch of stuff to sign and I sent that, I sent that back along with a whole bunch of documents I needed to send them. And, um, I know he, and he contacted my company on the other end and got whatever he needed from them. And then he put into, and, and then he put in the application, like the Japanese immigration bureau and, um, that, and in four to five months, I had what's called a certificate. Of eligibility does I do so nasal and um, the certificate of eligibility for what I have it requires a four-year degree most of the time I think there are other ways to get it I think I think there's certain certifications they'll accept there's and um you know it's pre- it might vary from field to field in my per particular case, it you know, like, like if, if you want to do what I do, you want to go be an engineer, you know, chances are, you're probably gonna need a four year degree. But um, other than that, you know, it's just a matter of being able to go. So in four to five weeks, I had that COE, the certificate of eligibility. And um, then I had to put in the actual application for the work visa. So I had to call the consulate that was closest to me, the consulate of Japan. And um I I can I called them by number and they answered in Japanese. And I don't that at the time that caught me off guard for some reason. I don't know why. It was just like calling a US number and hearing Japanese. But um I got through that and I had to mail them, you know, proof of where I lived and a whole bunch of stuff and the and the and the filled out application, a copy of my COE. And my passport, I actually had to take my actual passport and put it in, you know, in a USPS, like express envelope and send it off, which was super uncomfortable. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that that's a lot faster. And about a week, it was it it got back to me. I pulled it out only the passport was in there. So I was like, freaking out. I was like, did I get rejected? And I opened up, started looking through it and it was, it was there pasted in the page of my passport. It's like a big old thing, and, you know, I got, I got, you know, the amount they'll give you like in terms of length of stay, it can range from like, I think like three months at the shortest up to five years. I I've heard one year is the most common for the first one. I don't know if it was because my company asked for or something or how it works, but I managed, to, but they gave me five years. So, um, I had, so I had that. And after that, I just flew to Japan on the line through i showed them my visa they asked for uh, my coe i gave them my this time my actual original copy of my coe and then they gave me the the zaidu coddle the immigration card like a plastic thing that's in my wallet right now so that's what the actual immigration the uh, process did, was did like did you amazing. need any proof
0: of your Japanese ability did you need to pass a JLBT or anything
1: no um it's possible maybe that helped with like the visa process because um I know that's like I know that's like counts towards like your points for like your qualification if you want to be a citizen or if you want permanent residence but um I wasn't I wasn't asked for proof of my GLBT at any point. They just kind of believed me. You know, I got through all the interviews in Japanese and they were just like, all right, you're fine. But, um, but yeah, that's, no, I don't think, I don't think so. If, if you wanted to come to Japan without speaking Japanese, I think you absolutely could do it. If you're, if you want to come as an engineer, if you go to like Japan dev or Tokyo dev, there's a lot of positions that, you know, require no Japanese or only require, You know like some basic japanese to qualify for so it just kind of depends on what you want to do you know especially if you especially if you have like one of the skills that are well like if your background is in something that's particularly desired here that's really common if you're a mobile app developer if you're a web developer or something then you know there's a lot of jobs for that but um in my case my background is in simulation (laughs) i made army simulators for four years before I came to Japan. And now I'm, and now I'm here work for a car company, making simulators to test the safety systems loaded on the computers that are in cars, I hook I take those computers, I hook them up to a bunch of uh, cables and stuff and run simulations to see if it sends the signal back that it's supposed to when I make it believe it's about to run into another car or something. It's what I do. So I managed to find my niche my the place that like lined up really well with my history and um that's that's the path i ended up going i'm not a typical web app developer so you're still muted
0: that's very cool uh so it sounds like you know you've wanted to be in japan for a long time You, Mm -hmm. you knew this 10 years ago when you were in high school and you finally realized your dream did anything surprise you you know was anything about japan different or there cult was or culture shock that you were not expecting even though since you're an immersion learner you probably should have expected a whole bunch were there still things that have thrown you off
1: yeah there's all kinds of things that i think you know little things that you wouldn't have expected the trash system caught me off guard here because um you know, thinking about it it almost makes me feel, makes America seem a little pitiful, but the trash system is very complex here. You separate things out from paper to different kinds of plastic. There's two main kinds of plastic, the regular and then the pet, which is what plastic bottles and stuff are. There's burnable trash and non-burnable trash. So you have to, and for my apartment where I take out my trash, it's, You know like depending on the day it's what trash you're picking up so i have to keep track of that and keep everything separated and it's just like man japanese japanese people you know they come home like and there's not many trash cans around in public for that reason everyone takes their trash home and then takes care of it so it's just like man japanese people are taking their you know their bottles home washing them out taking off the label taking off the cap putting the cap and label in one thing and the plastic bottle itself in another thing and doing all this and in america we can't even handle just trash recycling everyone everyone's just like yeah just throwing their plastic bottles into the landfill trash because whatever <laughs> it's just like man so yeah that, that that was the one off the top of my head there's oh okay. coffee little things
0: yeah sometimes it's the little things that get you yeah um all right and sparkles what would you recommend to people who had a similar dream as you you know there are people right now in your who were in your position that you were in 10 years ago Mm -hmm. right there's a lot of high schoolers on the refold ja server who want to eventually come to Japan What advice would you give to these people who are like starting the grind where you were 10 years ago?
1: Yeah. I would say immerse, you know, be consistent, but make sure to prioritize your own career and what you're going to do first, because, um, just being able to speak Japanese and nothing else doesn't get you anywhere. You know, Japanese is a method. It's not an end skill essentially. And, um, you know. A lot of times in immersion servers, people, you know, the stories that are the most celebrated that really catch people's attention are the people who just like, know life, do nothing with Japanese for, you know, like a year and get fluent in like that really short amount of time. But what I think is the better way to go about it is, you know, to have a plan, like, what do you want to use with Japanese? Or do you have a plan and what you, you know, what you want to do with Japanese, who knows? But. Focus on what you want to do in life first, you know, as just as a person, just as, you know, a career to make sure you're going to be okay. And, you know, the nice thing, particularly about immersion is that at some point you're just doing what you love. You're playing games that you would want to be playing. Anyway, you're watching shows that you would want to be watching. Anyway, you're just doing it in Japanese and getting gains in the meantime. So, um, you know, having a slow steady approach while you make sure that your actual life is on track. I think that's the most important thing for me personally. um, I wish I knew about this when I was in middle school and I first had the thought I really want to learn Japanese, but had no idea like where to even begin or what to do with that. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it worked out I because I got through college, I I got a job and started a career. And over four years of working full time, I managed to get the Japanese level I have and managed to get this what I think is a pretty neat job over here and worked it out. So you know, it's not on a lot of levels. It's not just, you know, can you speak Japanese? So that's, that's what I would say. You know, I think that's
0: a pretty common piece of advice that we hear from more grizzled, uh, immersion learners is Mm -hmm. that you need a skill beyond speaking the language Mm
1: -hmm. you know
0: speaking your target language is not in and of itself an in skill um very interesting yeah I don't know I gotta tell you that's uh that's a pretty cool story though I like I'm I'm impressed just the whole journey from being a high schooler interested to building your career and learning Japanese at the same time and now you're doing a cool job, something that you love, in Japan. Uh, sounds like you you made it.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's been it's been crazy. Like just just the fact that it's like, huh? I did it. Like last year, like I was, you know, well, I quit my last company because um, I, was, I was like for a lot of reasons. I was really dissatisfied with the work place in general, but also there was a lot of overtime, and I felt like I could was. I was unable to really like put time towards achieve my dream and coming here. So I I took a big risk and I I just quit without an ex-job and just lived at my grandma's just focusing on Japanese and focusing on trying to get a job here. And it took me like between the break and the focusing specifically on getting myself ready to start doing the job search in Japanese. And then doing it and finding something that i really liked it took like a year and you know last year when i was like in the middle of this it was just like man am i gonna make it like is this gonna be okay like it was just like it was really scary it was just like i may i may be taking a year off from work and putting this job in my this gap in my over in my career that i got to overcome just to gain nothing but it all it all worked out and i got here and you know it it's amazing. So, it, like, on some level, it's not even just the fact that I got here. It's the fact that, like, I set this big thing to do for myself and I managed to do it. So, you know, on some level, I think, you know, that that's kind of what life is, you know, like, because, like, there isn't much real financial or career, you know, motivation to in Japanese and go to Japan. You're not going to make more money doing that. But, um, You know, it's just it's just something that you personally want and you shoot for and you and you grab it. I am in awe, Sparkles. I gotta say, I'm in awe. (laughs) You know, the fact
0: that you set this your mind to this when you were still in school, when you were a young person, and you finally have attained it all these years later. That's really cool. That's really cool. Lord knows Yeah. Yeah. Lord knows I change my opinion all the time. And having such a long trajectory, and then nailing—yeah, it,
1: it's, well, it's just—it was—it's
0: wholesome. It's impressive. It's and
1: something it's that um, evolved over time. Um, when I was in the, the original reason I started studying Japanese properly in college was um, there was this thing called we, we had this international engineering minor where you take a few years of a foreign language, you go study engineering. For a semester or two, in the country of that language, just as an exchange student, and you take a couple cultural classes too, and you get a minor out of it. Um, and I wanted to do J- Japan, and um, the college that they that they was set up for this was um, was Saitama University, and um, they did not offer any engineering classes in English. It was all Japanese, and everyone who went before me as i was taking these classes and getting ready were all you know they all failed and came back because they couldn't they couldn't do engineering classes in japanese and so they told me i, I wasn't going to be able to go and i was i was devastated and um you know it was from there that i was just like i i don't know what you know i decided i want to go to japan and i don't want to go as a tourist i want to go and like really experience it and i, deci- I decided that but i didn't have like any kind of plan to like know like what exactly I was going to do and that just kind of shaped up and became what it is today over the years so. So what advice would you give yourself um, if you were talking to say college hu? Uh Well, I tell them I tell them to immerse more for sure. <laughs> I tell them read more. Um, you know, back then I didn't I just didn't know about immersion. All I knew was, you know, I just looked up a bunch of grammar things online. I did follow a few people on Japanese Twitter and, you know, I would just do my best to read that. Um, the thing that, the, the thing that, oh, how do I put it? So during the, I did two things for, I did two things that were like really immersion. When I, when I was still in college, I read through all of Jojo part five in Japanese. Cause, um, back then there was, uh, there was notoriety the, the the Jojo part five, English translations, this was when there wasn't an anime yet. It was only a manga we're known for not being great. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot for it and try to read it in Japanese. And you know, it was a slow and agonizing process for me back then. Cause I was j- essentially just doing it intensive at, at a really low level, just looking up everything and just doing my best, but I got through it and I was really proud of it. And I also played through breath of the wild in Japanese and, um, I found Matt versus Japan's channel and, um, in like late 2017, early 2018 and, you know, watched his videos about comprehensible input and all that stuff. And, you know, just hearing the argument made it click for me. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Those were the times when I had the most gain. I think this is definitely what I need to do. But at the time I was in my last year of university and I was, and senior design was making me cry. So I had to, I had to figure that out first. So I learned what it was and I focused on just, let's just get through school. And then a year later, as soon as I graduated, I was like, all right, all my devices and everything, everything's Japanese now, we're gonna do this. And four years later I got here, so.
0: Perfect. That's an awesome story. Um, And, you know, now that you work in, in Japanese, did you have to like, We talk about domains all the time in refold. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have to do like the office domain? Like, did you go in to Japan knowing the word for like stapler, coffee pot, like random things like this, shoelace, you know, words that everybody knows but may not come up in immersion?
1: You know, surprise, like those were, yeah, a lot of the, most of those words don't come up very often in immersion. Um, Surprisingly, like I think that's one place where maybe studying all the JLPT, lists helped me. which is just like these more IRL words, but, um, you know, I knew the ones that you specifically mentioned, but that, but I wasn't, I wasn't perfect. There were definitely some words to learn, you know, but it was just like when you're high level and you approach a new domain, you know, it's just kind of like you pick up, you know, the 20 to 50 most common words of that domain as you read it. And you know, you you pick it up really fast, and it ends up not being that bad. You know, the higher level you get, the more domains you get under your belt. Adding another domain, it just gets easier and easier. So when I started working here, yeah, that there absolutely was that. There was like twenty to fifty words. I just kind of had the that I had to learn, but I didn't have any problem just picking it up on the spot, for the most part. You know, it all made it all kind of made sense, especially with kanji. Kanji makes everything a lot easier. It was just like, that's like, like one in a word to like shoe hole, which is like your weekly report. It's like, and that's like a whole thing here. It's like um, every week there's a meeting where I report what I did for the week and then, that, and then that gets reported up the ladder and all that. So it goes through like, so I ended up reporting it, you know, like three times and getting feedback each time to like specify what I was doing to make it clear for, you know, the person up at the top and um you know that's called shoe hole but you know it was the shoe for that's the same one in week and it's the hole that's in like whole cocoa for reports so it's like very clear from kanji what it meant and from context too so you know yeah there's a lot of words to learn but they were they weren't hard to pick up from context. they were not opaque they were pretty pretty
0: easy to pick up yeah all right yeah i can't even imagine you know i can't even imagine but uh sparkles we're nearing the end of our hour together is there anything that we have not discussed that you wanted to talk about on the podcast um not sure i didn't the think
1: stage about... is yeah the stage is yours i didn't really consider that um Man, I can't think of anything now. It's
0: okay. There doesn't always have to be something. Yeah. Um, And I do appreciate you rescheduling. My my CPAP machine broke one night, and then I got no sleep, and I was like, I can't do the interview with Sparkles at like 5 (laughs) a.m. Because I, I... I, I have i have to have my seat map, otherwise oh, I, I, yeah i wake like yeah. up 15 yeah. times an hour yeah okay so let me see here okay and tell me what have you done since you've been there you've been there for three months you settled into work is there anything yeah. cool that you've done anything fun like
1: well J-Y-type? i got i got here and i moved into a company dorm and i was living in the company dorm for about a month and you know in the meantime i was trying i was just looking for an apartment and um get you know looking for and, and you know just enjoying japan because i just because i was there for the first time that's something i'm talking about is finding an apartment um so sure from the from the you know real estate people that i talked to when the first time i tried to look for an apartment was actually before i got here because i wanted to see if it was possible to just get to just get something before i came and um because so i didn't have to move into the company norm and um that was you know what one it was kind of difficult and two it um you know not being able to like go and see the place it is kind of a is kind of like a demerit from being able to from doing that online over the time, over the time. But when I talked to the real estate agent, it was an English speaking one. It was aimed towards foreigners moving in. You know, I told them where I, where I was, you know, I'm not in Tokyo. I'm in a smaller city in the Kanto region. So I can get to Tokyo easily, but I'm not in Tokyo. And I told him where I was. and He was like, oh, we're not sure if we're really going to be able to find a place for you here because there's like basically nowhere here that can speak English with you. And I was like, Oh, no, that's fine. I speak Japanese. I was like, Oh, well, that changes everything. (laughs) We're gonna well, we basically have access to the whole database then. So um, we did that, but I ended up not getting something before I came because you know, it's like, I didn't have a Japanese bank account yet. And I didn't have all these things set up. You know, I would have been really limited for for options to just find a landlord who was willing to just have me like, use something to just give him money in the meantime until i was there settled and had a bank account and was like actually able to do things properly so um i ended up moving into the dorm and looking later and um you know there's a, a lot of a lot of people say that it's hard to find a kind a, a apartment as a foreigner or at the very least that there are some that will deny you simply on the basis of being a foreigner i didn't have any problem with that whatsoever that you know i think if i think for the most part unless you're in like a really like you know like con- a country place a place where like there's the foreigners do not go um i think for the most part if you can speak japanese you're not going to have any problems but the hard part for me was actually just finding a place that would let me play an instrument that wasn't like out like way far from the station so you know i i had that that requirement you know that that, uh, that filter, it was like allows instruments took hundreds of results down to six <laughs> on the search. So I went through that and I found this place, which is nearby, you know, where my boss leaves that goes to my work office and yeah, it works out. I still don't have my, my guitar, my, um, all my, my shipment of stuff from America. The boat shipment is still not here. It's had three to three and a half months. And it's been a little over three and a half months. I might call them again and ask if it's here yet. But, um, but yeah, that's what that was like. All right. Did you have to do anything like
0: key money or anything? Yeah, uh,
1: it's, um, yeah, I, I thought key money was a really funny, like, um English translation for that because, um, you know, the Japanese is dating. You know, it's literally just like gift money. And I, that's literally all it is. You're just giving money to the landlord when you move in, there's like here, you know, but key money makes it sound like, oh, you know, this is being used for something. This is important. But um, but yeah, I did have to pay. I, I had to pay that there's like an insurance thing I had to pay into. And um, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Um, In general, apartments and rent are way more affordable here than they are in America. Like when I left, when I when I left Florida and the city I was living in, I was looking, I was looking to see what apartments were like in my area and it was starting at like $1,800 and I was like, Oh no, this is terrible. So, um, but my, the current price I have for, you know, like nine, 90, yeah, 90,000 yen. So it's like you do, and that's like $800 after the conversion. So it's compared to that, this is pretty nice, especially for what I get, you know, this is a this is a one LDK. It's not like a super small Japanese apartment. And, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. I've got everything I need. Very
0: cool. Well, sparkles. Thank you for coming on today. And your parting piece of advice, I guess is going to be
1: immerse more. Yeah, just read more. Immerse more but also, you know, make sure you're wise Yeah yeah have a make pleasure. sure all of your awesome
0: again thank you so much for rescheduling thank you for coming on it was a pleasure yeah. and i will see you next time see you i want to thank you for listening to this episode of the refold podcast if you're watching the live premiere you're in luck right as it ends we have an after party over on the refold central discord server come join us by using refold.link forward slash join and chat about the episode if you enjoyed the podcast and would like to hear more you can find older episodes to listen to on youtube and spotify let us know what you thought about the video by liking and leaving a comment below do you have suggestions for upcoming visitors or requests for particular topics please feel free to reach out to me on discord at george pig hashtag five four one three or via email at clayton at refold.la. thank you all for watching and or listening and i'll see you next week